If you've been following my Instagram stories, you guys will know I've been having a slight obsession lately with taco salad. Why is it literally the most delicious thing on the planet to me right now? I'm not sure, but I think it has something to do with the dressing I put on it. Lately, I've been using Primal Kitchen cilantro lime dressing for my taco salads and then throwing in some tomato, avocado, red onion, black beans, shredded vegan cheddar, and crushed tortilla chips. And wow, you guys, mwah chef's kiss. I love Primal Kitchen products because they make it easy to recreate your classic favorites with elevated ingredients. You know I'm on a journey right now personally with my digestion and skin, so having high quality ingredients that are good for me but also taste amazing is so important. I cannot be out here eating bland, flavorless meals, okay? That is not my vibe. Absolutely not. They also have the most amazing pesto mayo that's paleo and keto certified and made with avocado oil along with so many other flavorful condiments for summer grilling, marinades, salads, and sandwiches. My dad put their mango jalapeno barbecue sauce on some chicken and threw it on the grill the other night, and it was divine. I've also been loving the matcha collagen keto latte. I make it iced and just add a little vanilla creamer and oat milk to it. So good. And it has the collagen already in it for hair, skin, and nail support. And it's dairy-free and sugar-free, which is my vibe lately. I can't say enough good things about Primal Kitchen. So if you're like me and you don't want to compromise ingredient quality, but you still want your meals to taste amazing, you can find Primal Kitchen products in your local grocery store or visit primalkitchen.com and save 10% with the code Sam Daily 10. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have an interesting topic for you, and it's one that I just had a conversation with a client about. So it resurfaced this topic for me, and I felt like, you know what? I feel like there's a lot of women out there that could resonate with this. So the question that we're going to be answering on today's episode is, is personal growth affecting your relationship? Now, as someone who has been in the same relationship before I really got into my personal development journey all the way through to turning it into my own business and growing a multi six-figure brand and coaching company, I feel like it's going to be helpful if I speak a little bit from experience uh, through the lens of my own experience of how this played out for me and my relationship because I definitely remember at the beginning or kind of in those middle stages of my personal growth journey feeling like feeling kind of confused about you know am I with the right person like maybe the person that I'm with is supposed to be exactly like me in the sense that they're really into this personal development stuff maybe I'm supposed to be with someone who also practices meditation and does yoga and is going to all these different kinds of retreats and wants to do the inner child healing. And so I just want to speak to the woman who may be on her own personal growth journey and simultaneously questioning or feeling a little bit lost as to whether or not her relationship can withstand the test of her really being on the growth track and maybe her partner being disinterested or you know just being in a totally different place than her in her life. So 
I feel like this is, you know, based on some of the conversations I've had with clients, this is something that affects a lot of women, but they're afraid to talk about it because even if you are in a beautiful relationship and most parts of it are extremely healthy, it can be really, really scary and vulnerable to even admit that you might be questioning certain things about the relationship or that you're confused about certain things or that maybe you're wanting more but you don't know how to say it. So I just want to give a voice to any woman that's maybe felt that way and talk through some of these things that do tend to come up when you are on the personal development path. So that's what we're going to get get into in this episode. If you're here for it, then stick around. We are going to jump right in. Welcome to the Makeshift Happen podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Daly entrepreneur, life coach, and your no BS bestie here to bring you all things mindset, manifestation, and personal development. This podcast is designed to help you expand your mind and up-level your life. So turn the volume up and roll the windows down if you're coming along for the ride. Let's go make shift happen. conversation with a client recently and she was telling me how you know she's on she's been on this journey of health and wellness and personal growth and she's building her own business and it's just not part of her desires right now to really go out and party or drink anymore but her partner who she's been with for several years is still finding that something that he really likes to do and that's really fun for him. And so there was this interesting dynamic that she ran into where, you know, if they are on the same team of not wanting to go out, then it feels really comfortable for her. But as soon as he wants to go out and all of their friends want to go out and she's kind of like the outlier for not wanting to go out, there's an internal conflict that is born within her, which feels like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm the weird one or, you know, people are going to think I'm boring or, you know, it suddenly becomes harder to stand in the truth of what you want because it feels like you have to do that alone. And so we had this really long conversation about this dynamic and how personal growth can sometimes affect your relationships. And that is really what inspired this conversation today. So I'm excited to bring you, you know, perspectives from that conversation. And also, like I mentioned in the intro from my own relationship and feelings that I was having and and what I've learned from that. When you start to go on this personal growth journey, inevitably the things that you care about and the things that you prioritize start to shift. And that is part of growing, right? And some things are not attractive to us anymore. And suddenly there's new things that we're really interested in and that we really want to go deep on and new ways that we want to spend our time. And so things are really changing for you the deeper that you go on your own healing journey inevitably. And so I think sometimes where the struggle comes is that it can feel like it, there's a there's this element too of impostery feeling where when you're by yourself, when you're with yourself, let's say, 
you're like, oh, I, you know, I love reading these types of books. I love listening to these podcasts. I love doing these weird rituals like in my bathtub or with my crystals or around the full moon. And all of it feels good and fun and exciting and inspiring when you're in the safe bubble of just you and you and maybe some online spiritual besties or coaches or people that you follow where you're like, yes, I feel like this is totally normal because everybody else is doing it. But then when you bring this new version of you, this growing version of you and everything that comes with it, the shifts in perspective and values and priorities and uh, rituals and all of that to the people that are in your quote unquote real life, right? Your family members, your partner, your friends, it can suddenly feel awkward. It can feel more uncomfortable because you're like, oh, like these people don't get it. You know, like they're not doing this stuff. They think I'm weird. Maybe I am weird. I don't know. But when you're in the comfort of your own your own little bubble, your own little world, it feels so right and it feels so normal. But then for whatever reason, once you get in front of some of the people in your quote unquote real life, you get to see your new growth and your new perspectives from their point of view. And you can see how it maybe doesn't match up with the person that you've always been or who you've traditionally have been or who you used to be. And that is what provokes this like weird impostery feeling of like, you know, am I into the, am I spiritual? Am I into this stuff? Like, am, who am I to like, you know, be putting my crystals out under the full moon and like doing bath rituals and you know, ch- chanting the Lakshmi, Lakshmi mantra or like whatever it is, you know, silly thing. So it's just interesting to witness, first of all, how we feel about our personal growth practices when we're not just in the comfort of our own bubble and we're actually seeing it through the lens of other people in our lives. Now, of course, when you get into a relationship, relationships are the greatest mirror. So they always reflect back to us the things that are most unhealed, our our triggers, our things that we need to work on. And so it's a really interesting experience being part of a relationship where you are actively and rapidly growing and maybe your partner is not on the same pace or not even on the same page as you with that. And to be able to see what is reflected back in that relationship, that can bring about some challenges, right? So if we go back to the example that I gave at the beginning about my client um, whose partners, you know, still loving going out with friends on the weekends and drinking and having a great time and she's not really feeling called to do that type of stuff anymore um, and she's feeling kind of like uncomfortable being this outlier of the group, being like, no, I don't want to go out and party and then everyone's like, oh, you're boring, <laughs> you're a grandma, whatever, right? We get insecure about those things. But there's this desire of wanting your partner to want the same things as you and also wanting to feel safer or less alone in your decisions to not follow the crowd. That's a huge thing, right? So if you don't want to do what everybody else is doing, whether it's partying or something else, right? Also, we're totally not demonizing partying or looking down on drinking alcohol like I still do both of those things occasionally and also I'm not the example for anything so like that doesn't even matter but 
This is just like one example that we're working with, right? But take this, listen to this, apply it to whatever it feels relevant to in your situation, your relationship, how it relates to you and your life, right? But we want to feel like we're into the same things as our partner. We want to feel like also if we have to stand out from the crowd and be different and not want to do something, that our partner is going to be in that with us because it's easier to not go along with the status quo when you have someone by your side doing it too, right? That's why it's helpful to have community, to have online friends that are in the spiritual space. Like we need to feel that sense of connection and like there are other people who are on a similar path to us doing similar things so that we don't feel totally crazy and weird and alone. But it's natural to kind of want that from your partner, to desire that that safety and that togetherness from your partner if you are in a relationship and feeling like, you know, we're both on this same page. We both don't want to go out. We both would prefer to do this. We both want to go to yoga. We both want to prioritize health, whatever the situation is, right? Because it's easier to stand in your truth when you have someone by your side who feels the same. It's much harder when you have to own your truth truly on your own just for you. But the thing here is, is that of course, we're never guaranteed to grow at the same rate or in the same way as our partner or as anybody in our lives. And so there's inevitably going to be these differences in velocity of our growth and we have to learn how to navigate that. And you know what? Sometimes it is true that we do outgrow people. And I know that that's a thing that people talk about of, you know, if, well, if I'm doing all this work and I'm growing and I'm changing and I'm, um, you know, elevating myself and stepping into my next level and you're not, then how are we going to maintain this relationship? And sometimes that's a legitimate question. And other times we allow that question to just eat us alive when it doesn't necessarily have to. So I think there's a lot of other factors in a relationship to look at other than just the fact of is my partner into personal development or not, right? That's not just a reason to end a relationship or to feel like the relationship will inevitably come to an end on its own. But outgrowing people is something that does happen. So I'm not going to say that that's not real also. But I think relationships suffer the most when you try to make the other person be more like you, which is hard not to do. And we all have to start to to notice the small micro ways in which we might be doing that in our relationships and really actively trying to let our partners be who they are And also make sure that they are letting you be who you are, right? So that's a totally different conversation if your partner is like actively against personal growth or personal development or is like shitting on you all the time or making fun of your spiritual practices or trying to get you to stop growing or to stop listening to the podcast or to stop doing the work. Like that, (laughs) that's a different conversation. But it is worth mentioning like we want to let them be who they are and also make sure that they're letting us be who we are. The relationship is going to suffer the most if you're both kind of fighting trying to make the other person be like you or act how you act or care about the things that you care about or have exactly the same preferences and perspectives on every single thing. Do you know what I mean? 
So if something is like genuinely fun and energy giving and fills their cup, like let's say the partying example, we should be happy for our partner that they have an outlet where they get to have fun and receive energy and fill their cup, right? We don't need to be upset with our partner for going out as long as obviously it's within like healthy bounds, right? We're not talking about them, you know, suffering with alcoholism or drug use or a cheating or any illegal activity or drunk driving or any of those things, right? Assuming that the going out is just a genuine way to connect with their friends, to have fun, to dance, to raise their vibe, to just be in an environment that gives them energy, right? We can be happy for that. The same way that they shouldn't be upset with you for going to a yoga class every night (laughs) or staying in to watch Netflix in the bathtub or wanting to go on a long 45-minute hot girl walk to listen to this podcast, (laughs) right? Like you're both doing things that are refilling your cup and restoring your pleasure centers in some way. And so we should be happy for that. As long as, again, both of those activities, what you're doing and what they're doing are within healthy bounds. So one thing that I do want to say is that like going out and drinking is not wrong, quote unquote, when you are on a health and wellness path or becoming a coach of some kind or a yoga teacher or just moving through your own spiritual awakening, right? Like sometimes I think we can demonize these behaviors that we see as maybe like bad or low vibe now that we are in this space of personal growth. But we hurt our relationships with people that we love when we start to constantly make their behavior wrong when it doesn't need to be. So as long as it's within healthy bounds, there's no need to make people's behavior quote unquote wrong when it doesn't need to be. That's how we really start to hurt people in our lives, whether it's relationships, friendships, family members, you know, starting to judge the things that they do where it's like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Or, you know, these are all the reasons why alcohol is low vibe or why eating in this way is not good for you or why not doing this is, is, is bad for your health or why you should do your inner child healing or you should look at your triggers or you should go to therapy. When we start becoming the person that sits on a soapbox and is acting like we know better than the people in our lives simply because we are on our own growth path, that's when we really start to hurt those relationships And also a piece of that is like missing the point because if you are on this path and you are moving through a spiritual awakening of some kind, a lot of that is letting go of the ego and letting go of that judgment both of yourself and of other people, right? So you may not be like explicitly saying that their behavior is wrong, but as long as you're trying to demonstrate or prove or convince them that what you are doing is right or better, you're still implicitly making them wrong, which can be tough for the other person to receive, right? Over and over and over again, these little jabs of, you know, oh, well, I'm doing this or 
I'm learning this now, or, you know, I practice this now, or I don't eat that anymore, or, right? Those little things, even just the, the proving and the convincing that what we're doing is in some way right or enlightened or better is at the same time implicitly making them wrong. So, you know, I always say like the best way to get a partner on board with personal development is to let them discover it on their own. And this can be really hard because once you know the power of this information and how it's impacted your life and your confidence and your self-love and your ability to believe in magic and manifestation and create a beautiful reality for yourself, you so want that for the people that you love. Naturally, out of a place of love, you're like, yes, I want to give you this gift of these amazing things that I've discovered. Um, but the best way to get someone on board with it is to really let them discover it on their own. You know, the same thing happens in like, when you think about people who grow up in religious households that are like really, really strict or like extremely religious, like very pushy with, you know, what you must do or what you must believe. It tends to sometimes breed these like rebelliously non-religious children (laughs) where they're like, they just want to do whatever it is that is not what they were forced to be doing or thinking or believing their entire life. And so if you are trying to force someone in your life, a family member, a partner, a friend into all this personal development stuff, naturally those people are just going to want to push even harder against it or get away from it because it has this like icky, forceful energy attached to it. So we don't, we don't, don't, don't want to do that, right? We want to let them come into it and discover it on their own. And the way that you do that is you become an example. So you continue on the path, you continue building your life and your dream reality and manifesting all the things that you want and becoming more conscious, more emotionally intelligent, more self-aware, and reaping all of the benefits of that work, and they get to notice. And so you just become this lighthouse, and you spread the light as far and wide as possible just by being this beacon of hope, by showing what's possible when you do the work. And over time, this may take years, by the way, (laughs) they will start to get curious naturally and be like, wow, you know, a lot has shifted for my partner over the past couple of years. Like, I really think that they're onto something. I wonder, you know, what it would be like for me to join them or to, you know, start listening to podcasts. It could be something as simple as that, you know, but we want to let them find these things and discover this on their own at their own pace without us forcing them or belittling them into feeling like they should be doing this work. And the hard part about this is that because you are in this process of awakening your own consciousness, you are noticing all the triggers, all the wounding, all the judgment, all the projections, fears, scarcity mindset, and trauma responses in not only yourself, but also in others. So It's making you hyper aware of everything that's quote unquote wrong with your partner. And that's what's causing the desire to correct or coerce them into doing this work or being different or caring about different things, right? It's like everything that's quote unquote wrong is becoming so 
(laughs) so obvious to you, not only within yourself, but also within everybody else. And suddenly it's like, oh my gosh, all these people in my life need to really do their inner work. They need to really get some self-awareness. They need to become a little bit more emotionally intelligent. They need to understand what it means to be triggered and not project that onto other people, right? Like it's, it's a very challenging thing to navigate without being in a space of ego of I know everything, I'm doing the work and you're not. <laughs> right. And it's tough. Sometimes we just have to call ourselves out for that, you know, of like feeling the, the superiority piece of like, oh, like I'm doing all this work. I'm trying really hard and I'm becoming aware and you're not. And so the piece of of my relationship that I wanted to share just to give some context to this and maybe, you know, make some of you feel a little bit less alone if you are in a space of questioning your relationship or feeling the struggle of being in a place of immense growth and feeling like your partner isn't necessarily meeting you there with that or they're not interested in all of the same things. And so in in my experience, you know, I really desired a conscious partner who was into all of the same things as me. Like I said in in the beginning, there there was a piece of me that was like, oh, you know, should should I like be with someone who's like a yogi? Should I, you know, when I was doing my yoga teacher training um, and then it's like, should I be with someone who practices meditation and like who wants to do this type of work? Should I be with someone who wants to go on these inner healing retreats or wants to do plant medicine or wants to go on these journeys and You know, there were several times where I really questioned if my relationship would last since I was in such a phase of rapid growth and my partner wasn't doing all the same things as I was. And I wondered if, you know, we would last and if we were right for each other because of this. And I just want to normalize this feeling of doubt and this process of questioning as you move through your own sort of spiritual awakening or personal growth journey, whatever you want to call it, because I know that there's so many women that actually move through this exact thing, but they move through it alone and they move through it in silence and they're completely stuck in their own heads and absorbed with the ideas of, should I stay? Should I go? Is this right? Is it wrong? Is this who I meant to be with? I don't know. Yes, I do. Everything is fine. No, it's not. And I don't want any of you to have to feel like you are alone in that experience and that you're afraid to share that with someone or express it in some way. And I think it's normal, especially as you move through many years with a partner, like in my experience, you know, I've been with Jaime for over seven years at this point. So we've experienced a lot of evolutions of self individually. And So of course, we have to continue to meet each other where we're at with each new phase of who we're becoming and what we're moving through. And so to have moments of questioning or doubt or things like that throughout the process, I think is natural, you know, like that's what our minds are meant to do. Our minds are prediction machines. They're meant to look at the puzzle pieces that we have in front of us of what's going on in our life and what could potentially go wrong and what could happen in the future and what we know has happened in the past and make this computation of 
okay, here's a potential outcome. And we're always going to be looking for the most dangerous outcome or the most threatening outcome. So we're going to see the negatives and we're going to say, oh shit, what if this happens? What if we're not right for each other? What if I waste all my time? What if there's somebody else? What if this could be better? What if I stay? What if I go? And just understanding that that is a function of the human condition and sometimes it means that the relationship needs work and sometimes it means that you're just growing and that's a good thing. Sometimes it means that there's conversations that maybe need to be had and sometimes it means that maybe there is something deeper going on. Maybe there is a bigger problem or misalignment in the relationship. Maybe there is an opportunity to separate your lives and potentially be happier for it, right? This isn't a episode to tell you to stay or to go. That would be impossible for me to do. But all all I really want to do here is normalize that if you've ever questioned where you are in your life or the person that you're choosing to share your life with, then welcome to the club. You know, I think it would be scarier if you were not critically thinking about a relationship as important as the person who you would consider to be like a life partner, you know? One thing that I think is relevant to share as well is that I've seen a lot of other quote-unquote conscious couples, right? (laughs) You know, two people who are really deep in the personal development space. I've seen a lot of those relationships dramatically crash and burn as many of you probably have as well, because when it's two people who are in this space, they're usually both quite public and then their relationship is public. And sometimes their uh, platform is based on the fact that they have this beautiful conscious relationship. And so then it's way more of this tragic thing when it falls apart. And you know, even speaking to some of my mentors who have been in relationships like that, They've said from their experience and from other women in the space that they know that have also had conscious relationships like that, that moving forward, they don't want another partner who is just like them. Too much of the same energy can also turn into its own form of toxicity. And I think that's a really, really important thing to remember when you are in a relationship where both of you are hyper aware and it's always the triggers and the mirror and the projection and this and inner work and child healing and let's go on this retreat and let's solve this and let's do this it's like sometimes it's too much it's like there's no and then if your work is also in the personal development space and it's also in coaching it's like where is the space then in your life for you to just be a fucking human for you to just be quote-unquote like normal for you to detach a little bit from all of the inner work. You don't want your whole world to be inner work ever. Like (laughs) we have to have space for being a normal human and just having experiences and laughing and letting loose and having fun and making jokes and, you know, saying the wrong things or making mistakes or going out and having fun. Like there has to be that element too. And so sometimes if it's too much of the same, it's just like this constant need all the time to improve each other and improve yourself and let's heal this and let's do that. And it can become too much for people. 
So, you know, if you've thought to yourself, I should really get with someone who's doing everything that I'm doing, maybe there's in that, there's a, there's a bit of an aha moment for you of like, maybe that wouldn't actually solve all of my problems. Maybe that wouldn't actually be better than what I already have. Maybe that wouldn't actually be the best thing for me. Sure, it would be fun in the beginning to be like, let's go to a yoga class. (laughs) But those aren't the things that really make relationships work. And I actually think it's really healthy to have different interests than the person you're in relationship with. Of course, it's a beautiful experience to have shared values and perspectives and desire the same things out of life in a broader sense. You know, I think that's actually really important as a foundation to your relationship. But to have like your own things and your own things that make you happy and your own ways of having fun or refilling your cup, I think that is super healthy. I think there's there's a reason why people say opposites attract. And maybe you feel that in your relationship in some way. Like you and your partner can get along really well and you have a lot of shared values maybe, but you're also really different people or you have really different personalities, different ways of moving through the world, different ways of showing up, different ways of thinking. And that is refreshing. Because if my relationship were to be just like looking in a mirror and they thought all the same things as me and, you know, they had all the same ideas as me and we always did the same stuff and we wanted the same things and we're always doing the same work. I know myself and maybe this is because I'm a Sagittarius, but I would be bored. (laughs) I would be like, this is not challenging me in any way. This is not giving me any new ideas or inspiration or You know, like there needs to be that, there needs to be that little bit of like polarity in the relationship. And if you're both just like equal ends of the magnet, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to connect, right? Things are only magnetic when they are polar opposite, (laughs) quite literally. So I think it's funny that, you know, I'm a Sagittarius and Jaime is a Gemini. And so if you look at those two signs, they are each other's opposite on the, you know, in astrology. Every sign has like its its opposite that's like directly across the way when you look at like the circle. And I always thought that was so interesting and funny because I was like, you know what? We are literally so different as people, but we also share a lot of similarities. And so I think that that's important. Like I was awakened to the idea that I didn't need someone to be just like me. I didn't need someone to be into yoga or meditation or personal growth or to be a coach or to be wanting to do all the same things that I want to do. I just need someone who wants me to be the best me in my own way. And they are doing what they need to do to be the best of themselves in their own way. As long as both of you are pursuing a higher version of yourself in whatever that looks like, I think that is more than enough. You know, Jaime is not meditating. He's not practicing yoga with me. Um, sometimes I am able to get him to do some manifestation rituals actually, but that took some time. So like I said, 
be the lighthouse, be the example, be the beacon of what is possible. And you might get your man to sit in a bathtub full of crystals and manifest (laughs) a house or more money or whatever it is together. Um, That's a real story. We actually did do that. So the more that you stay in your practices, the more that they will open their eyes and their mind to it, potentially, depending on the person, right? But it's never your job to convince them. And if as long as they are pursuing the next evolution of their self, even if it has nothing to do with books or podcasts or yoga or meditation or personal growth in the sense that in the way that we understand it, in the way that many of you who listen to this podcast will understand it, that's still beautiful. That's still okay. That is still good. We can still recognize that, you know? And so I'm so grateful that I didn't let those thoughts like eat me alive and ruin something beautiful that I had by thinking, no, 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 we, we have to be on the same exact path and we have to be doing all these same things. You know, what a tragedy that would have been to not be able to move through that phase of our relationship and come out to the other side feeling like, I'm so glad that we are different. I'm so glad that he pursues growth in a totally different way than I do. You know, he reads books, but they're a different kind of the books than the ones that I read. You know, he's like wanting to make a career shift and he's totally revolutionizing himself and who he wants to be in the world and how he wants to contribute. And it looks nothing like the work that I'm doing, but it's his own, it's his own journey And he love and respects mine and I love and respect his. So if you are a woman who's on a personal development, personal growth, spiritual awakening path and you're in a relationship and you're feeling uneasy about, you know, is this going to last? Is this going to work? Am I maybe going to outgrow this person? I hope this conversation brought some things to light for you. I hope that you are willing to call yourself out where necessary in terms of, you know, the ways in which you might be making your partner feel bad about not doing all the same things as you or the ways in which you might be still trying to prove that what you're doing is the right way or it's, you know, it's an effective path or that it works and really just lean into continuing to do what you need to do to be your best self and honoring and loving all the things that your partner is doing to be their best self. And again, we're speaking about healthy relationships here. If the relationship is unhealthy, if there's toxicity involved, if there's gaslighting involved, if there's, you know, any unhealthy patterns that have happened over and over again in the relationship, then it would be a totally different story. But I do hope that this episode served you in some way or made you at least feel less alone or gave you some hope. Even if you are a woman who's not in a relationship, but you desire to be because you're listening to this podcast, I know you're someone who values personal growth. So this conversation and this information will be so valuable to you moving forward as you date and get into relationships. So I I hope you keep this in the back of your mind and just remember to always be the lighthouse and 
catch yourself wherever you're casting judgment potentially and reel it back in. And that's the consistent practice of our lives. (laughs) So Thank you guys for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please take a screenshot and share it to your Instagram stories and tag me at underscore Samantha Daily and at Makeshift Happen Podcast. If you haven't already left a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcast or on Spotify, you can now leave a a five-star rating on Spotify as well. Please just click on the podcast on whatever app you're listening on and give us a rating and review. It really, really helps support the show. I love you guys so much and I will talk to you next week. Bye.